Welcome to the Clemson Dubcast. It is Thursday, November 16th at TigerIllustrated.com right now. Paul Strelo and I go deep on a lot of topics in our Thursday Insider, including covering what Clemson's NIL operation looks like past, present, most important, future. They're about to announce big changes on that front, Clemson is. So be sure to go to our website and check out all the details from that. My good friends Blake Smith and Brooke Archenhold have been part of the podcast since the beginning, way back in August of 2018. They have an accomplished team of personal injury attorneys at Parm Smith and Archenhold based in Greenville. They are Clemson people, and their skillful attorneys have decades of experience in complicated litigation matters, taking a special interest in medical malpractice, nursing home abuse, and neglect car accident cases that have left the individuals involved in serious trouble. For a free consultation at Parm Smith and Archenhold, call 864 or online at parhamlaw.com. That's P-A-R-H-A-M law.com. When you're ready for a complete renovation in your home or business, open the door to more with Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Their local experience team will totally transform any room space from beautiful floor coverings to construction to finished details. Harris handles every step of your renovation process, whether it's a kitchen or living room or an industrial or educational setting, like some of the positively stunning work they've done at Clemson University. Go to Discover harris.com and experience a total renovation transformation from Harris Home and Harris Commercial. Solero Communications, formerly known as Tandem Payment, is a full-service integrated electronic payments provider powered by leading-edge technology. Solero provides a wide array of merchant solutions, simplified payments. They make onboarding, taking payments, maintaining risk management and compliance, and getting support quick and easy. At Solero, they're all about helping you achieve sustainable growth as a business. Taking payments isn't the only thing your business needs. With Solero's solutions, you can manage inventory, sell products and services via social media, schedule staff, track sales, get reports, and much, much more. Find out more about Solero at solerocommerce.com. That's C-E-L-E-R-O commerce.com. Okay, you are probably not going to find a story like this one involving a Clemson football player or any football player that I know of. Laura Rigney, mother of Tristan Lee, when he came down to Clemson, She dropped everything and brought the family down with him. Okay, let's dive in. Great stuff. Here we go. Okay, joined by Laura Rigney, the mother of Tristan Lee. How you doing, Laura? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? Doing wonderfully. Um, Well, first of all, I, a couple of weeks ago, um, pulled up a story by John Blau of the Post and Courier on Tristan and basically a, a, a large part of his life story, I guess you could say, and uh, just a tremendous article by John. Um, and usually what makes articles really good is the subject matter is really good, and I think this certainly applies. Um, well, the first thing that attracts me to this story is um, you moving the family from Virginia um, to the Clemson area, and Tristan lives at home with you. That that's uh, that doesn't happen every I guess with every player. No, definitely not. Yeah, I I feel very fortunate. Um, I have been very supported by everyone around me, and um, I, Tristan is the middle of three children. And as soon as I saw in high school that he was starting to get attention for football. 
I let him know that I was planning on following him wherever he went to be part of his experience and just to make the logistics of him playing football easier. And I, he's one of those kids, like he needs that extra support from his family. We love him to death. He loves us to death. And so I knew that that would be um, something that he would really enjoy um, with us following him. And so I actually gave my job a year notice and said, um, I'm just letting you know, like, I'm planning on following my son to college, not sure where he's going. And when they were really, really supportive, and whenever a remote position would open up, um, I would apply for it and interview. And I finally found like the most perfect job for me that was 100% remote. And so I was able to to follow him and um, stay with my current company, which is just wonderful. And what do you do for a living? So I'm a um, family nurse practitioner since 1999. Um, I've worked remotely at an urgent care um, for the last several years since COVID, and I still have that job on the weekends. But I started working about four and a half years ago um, in the world of dialysis with DaVita Dialysis, and I am an infection preventionist for them. So I cover basically the East Coast. I cover about 500 clinics um, and uh, I work with them with all of their infection control needs. And uh, when when we, you and I uh, initially connected last week, you were on the road, I guess, traveling. Does your that job, I guess, requires quite a bit of, of time on the road? Um, every once in a while, it's not too bad. Probably once, I probably average once a month, I'll go somewhere for a few days. But because I'm on the East Coast, um, my area that I cover starts in like Delaware, moves over to like Ohio, West Virginia, Kentucky, um, Maryland, D.C., Virginia, North Carolina and South Carolina. So it, the, the most I ever have to travel is about 10 hours of driving, but I actually really enjoy it and I get to go into clinics and see people um, um, taking care of our patients. And so I, I absolutely love it, but it's not too bad. Just a few days a month usually. So at what point you said, and when it became pretty obvious that Tristan was going to be good enough to play college ball, that you told him you were going to follow him. At what point was that in high school that, 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 uh, that it did become that obvious? That was, oh goodness. That was probably his sophomore year, probably the end of his sophomore year of high school. He started getting attention and, um, I actually, I had, um, I, I did as much research as I could as he was getting offers because this was so new to us and he went to public school. So it wasn't something that very many people were familiar with in our area. And so, um, I really wanted him to have every opportunity. So I literally like, uh, upped my hours at my second job. I cashed out all of my savings. And as he got offers, we went to as many schools as we possibly could during his recruiting process. So I think we ended up visiting, I think I counted like 20 to 25 schools during those two years. And um, a lot of that was during COVID. So they didn't have official visits. So everything was kind of on our own. So give me the list. I don't know if you can recall them all off the top of your head, but the ones you can. <laughs> uh, we did. Oh, I got to think. Uh, the first place we went, Michigan, uh, UVA, Virginia Tech, all of the Florida schools, uh, obviously Clemson, uh, LSU, Ohio State. Um, where else? Oh, goodness. We went to Georgia, 
uh, what else? Um, I, just about any school that you can think of that's a big football school. We did not go to the West Coast schools. Um, I knew he probably wouldn't end up that far away from home. So um, we did mostly, but we went... To, we went to Texas, I think. We we did just Oklahoma. We went to a lot of different schools, places we had never been. We had these amazing adventures just going there and things happening. And, you know, just being able to spend time together was really nice. We had a really good time. But um, Alabama, that was another one he went to a couple of times. So um, and then as the process went on, he started narrowing down his schools and he ended up with um six final schools that he was going to go, uh, he was considering. And so those schools, we tried to do a little bit more frequent visits to. So what were like the final three or four? Um, let's see, uh, Clemson, obviously, uh, Ohio state university of Florida, um, LSU, Oklahoma, and I'm missing one, uh, Alabama. Wow. And so, what was yeah, it? Was, what what was it about Clemson? I mean, those are that's uh, <laughs> that's the that's some esteemed company there. Uh, it was really nice. Yeah, he was very fortunate to get to have uh, the opportunity to pick where he went um, for the most part. So, I think with Tristan, um, it was a lot more than just football, and it was interesting because. Um, I kind of helped him as far as like come up with like a spreadsheet of what to ask them when he narrowed it down to the final six. But I was really careful to stay out of his decision because I wanted it to be a hundred percent from him and not where I wanted to move or where I wanted to go. And I, I think it was funny because we had a final zoom with Clemson and at the end of it, they said, you know, I know that we're done, but, would you mind logging on like, you know, in another week and just talk about our Paul journey. And so we did that. And then they said, how about one more, just about our educational programs that we have. So then he did that. And then um, I think for him, uh, he had a private conversation with um, coach Sweeney and no one was there. I know it lasted about an hour. And I asked him afterwards, I said, what did you guys talk about? And he said, everything. And I said, what did you think? And he was like, it was great. And I thought at that moment, I thought he's either like just had the best experience ever with a coach or it's off the list because he just did not give me any information. And um, afterwards, he told me that that conversation really just solidified what he was already thinking, which is that Clemson was so much more than football. Clemson was such a great um, match for him and he was, it just, it made him so happy to be able to commit to go there. Why don't you think he shared that with you right away? Uh, I think he wanted to make sure that he was a hundred percent in his head before, um, he told me because he knew that once he told me I was going to get excited. And so I actually did not know where he was committing until five minutes before he committed. <laughs> Yeah. And I knew he was going to be like that. I can remember his, his, uh, him coming to junior day and coach Codwell said something to us afterwards. And he said, I, I thought he might commit today. And I said, coach Codwell, he is going to wait till the last minute, but when he decides he's going to be a hundred percent, he's not going to be one of these kids that flips back and forth. Like that's just not the way Tristan works. He's very, um, 
purposeful in the way he thinks, but when he does commit to something, he gives it a hundred percent. So did he do the old, the the classic, uh, bring four or five, six hats to the, put them on a table to the press conference or the announcement and then pick one. What was his, what was his style? He did. So he was supposed to play in the All-American Bowl, the Adidas All-American Bowl, and it was canceled because of COVID. And so they had, NBC had a special instead. And so he committed live on TV. And the only people who even knew where he was committed to were were, um, uh, Coach Sweeney, um, Coach Caldwell, his high school coaches knew, um, and just our immediate family. No one else even knew. We we uh, we kept it as big secret, and so it was. It made it more exciting the day of. And then we had to tell the facility that he was at was a local facility that were nice enough to open the doors to us for the filming. And the night before, he told them where he was going to um, go, and they actually made um, um, a painting on the wall with him um for him with his jersey for clemson and they had a a huge reveal right after uh they taped the live show uh of where he was going so that was really exciting so fairfax which is a suburb of dc how far outside about 20 minutes okay my uh wife's family is from oakton which is right there oh yeah right right next door yes sir um what what's it like here compared to, to up there with all that <laughs> traffic, uh, just kind of a different galaxy, maybe? <laughs> definitely. Definitely a different lifestyle. We absolutely love it here. Everyone is so nice and people are nice in Fairfax, but the traffic is definitely a, a big difference. The cost of living is a huge difference. But being here is really interesting because um, we felt very welcome from the beginning. Um, and the way the culture is down here is so nice. Like everyone basically is like a big family and you have these people that you become really close to and you literally can reach out to them for anything and they're just there. And uh, we've really, really embraced this community and have really enjoyed our time here. And uh, it was meant to be, it was clearly meant to be because everything just fit completely into place. Perfect. So he got here, what was it? Summer of 21? Yes, sir. In June, mm-hmm. June of twenty one. And so, when did you, you and uh, uh, his younger brother, is named Aiden, um, get mm-hmm. arrived down here? So we, um, we let's see. I closed on my house in March, and then I commuted kind of back and forth every other weekend, just bringing loads of stuff down here. And then um, in June, uh, we moved full time here. And Tristan also has an older sister, Caitlin. And she was in her final year of college. So she spent the summer with us and then she went back to college and then she moved in with us in that, um, in that December, um, of 2021. Um, and she stayed with us up until this past year, uh, when she moved to New York. So yeah, the, the four of us ended up spending the whole summer together and it was really nice, especially with Tristan transitioning to learning how to be a college athlete, which is such a great big thing to undertake and uh he was able to have our support and and be able to come home and talk to us at the end of each day which was good as a mother uh, was there any part of that move that was intimidating at all just just being taking yourself totally out of your comfort zone and going somewhere else starting from scratch 
Absolutely, 100%. I think we had been in our house for like 17 years in Fairfax. I had pretty much raised my children there. And um, when they were younger, I had moved a couple of times, but uh, we had really stayed put for a long time. And so I spent his entire last year of high school getting ready to put my house on the market and slowly packing things up. And uh, it was really scary. It, it was um, it was exciting, but scary and not knowing where we were going. So when I sold my house and closed on my house, I had no idea where we were going. We actually rented an apartment with um, in our school district for the last uh, um, six months of of 2020, well, the, the first six months of 2021, but the last part of him finishing high school, um, just to be local. And we, you know, for a lot of that, we didn't even know where we were going to go. So that was, that was really interesting and it was very intimidating, but extremely exciting. So when you're that rooted at somewhere, I mean, there, you obviously know a lot of people. And so, I mean, I, I can't imagine how many times you must've said, Yep, we're all moving with Tristan to college. I'm guessing there might have been some some double takes and maybe some like you're doing what? <laughs> you would think so. Um, I think uh, we, the community where we that we left um, was pretty tight knit, and they were really supportive, and they've been really supportive of Tristan um, throughout this whole journey. But I don't know that that many people were that surprised, just because. Um, my children are my whole life. And so they know that and they know that, you know, I'll, you know, do anything to be part of their dream and to help their dreams come true. So I think um, as crazy as it sounds to uproot and move, I don't think there were a whole lot of people that were that surprised just because they know us and they know that we're kind of like a package deal, the four of us. So that made it easier. And you found a house, I guess, about 20 minutes outside of Clemson uh, near Hartwell. Where, where, whereabouts is that? Um, we're technically um, Pendleton, but um, yeah, it's right on uh, Lake Hartwell area. Gotcha. And Tristan lives, he, he has lived there the whole time, has not, has never lived on campus. Well, his first year he had an apartment on campus. Um, I'm not sure he spent very much time there. Um, I think he was more with us. I know during <laughs> camp he had to be there, but as soon as camp was over, he pretty much came home every day. And um, yeah, he just, he loved being at home. So it's it's been such a great fit for him. And his room, can you uh, tell me, uh, John Blau described it in the article, but can I get your description of what his, of what Tristan's room look, looks like? So he definitely has a very dorm-like room uh, with posters and messes everywhere. And, um, you know, I I try to give him as much independence as possible so that he doesn't feel like, you know, he's at home. Um, but, yeah, he, he definitely has a college-like room. And um, he and his brother... Uh, his brother was on is in the same hallway as him, but his brother actually lives on campus this year. And so um, they shared a bathroom and I pretty much stay out of that part of the house. <laughs> <laughs> what are the posters on the wall? Um, he's got a death row poster and he's got a lot of Clemson stuff. Um, he's got a framed uh, jersey from high school and uh, his letter his letter that he earned in high school is there. And uh, a huge Clemson flag and uh, some Dallas Cowboy stuff. 
and you're uh, uh, Aiden is is a is a freshman at Clemson. Yes, sir. He's in the bridge program. Gotcha. I uh, coincidentally, uh, some friends of ours, their son plays basketball at Daniel High School. And last year, I went to one of the games at Daniel, and they were playing Pendleton. And I had sort of heard about the story of you guys moving down here, but I hadn't really looked into it much. But I saw Tristan there. And I'm like, oh, his brother must play for Pendleton. But he was living, Tristan was just living and dying with every play, every, uh, uh-huh. you could tell he was just so invested and, and intense in, 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 in everything that was going on on the court. Is that pretty well describe who he is as far as, um, you know, watching his family and his brother and all that? Definitely. Um, Pendleton knew Tristan really well. Um, he literally would, um, when he had the opportunity, he would go to practice, uh, Aiden's practices in the morning. If they were like a 7 a.m. practice and he didn't have football, he was there. He came to as many games as he could, um, which was kind of fun because sometimes we play Daniel and um, Coach Sweeney was there. So they could they could uh, talk smack to one another. But um, but, yeah, he came to as many um, events that he possibly could. And I just I was so proud of him because it meant a lot to all of us. Um, and I feel like most college kids are not like that. They, they kind of separate themselves from their family so they could have a college experience. But for Tristan, like for him to have a college experience, it includes being part of the family and being a support for his brother. So he came to as many games and practice as he could. Um, I'll never forget like Tristan's um, Tristan would run out of ran out of practice to try to make um Aiden's award ceremonies um, for each of his sports. And I was just like, man, that like, you just don't see that very often of siblings. And that's just the way he is. That's the kind of kid he is. When you have a highly regarded offensive lineman or highly regarded anybody coming in and they don't make an immediate impact, you know, the, the reaction of fans is typically, boy, what's wrong with this guy? You know, how come he's not, you know, doing what he thought what we thought he would do. That type of thing drives Debus when he's crazy, by the way, because his whole thing mm-hmm. is, Hey guys, they develop, you know, they, um, it, it takes some, some guys longer than others. And he just can't stand it when, um, you know, fans, people on the outside are quick to, you know, ask what's wrong with, with someone, some freshman or sophomore or whoever. And even like, throw around the, oh, is this guy a bust or, you know, things like that. But with Tristan, there was some pretty, um, there was a some pretty important context there as, as he, you know, got to Clemson and it took him a while. And that context was he missed his senior season uh, mm-hmm. of high school football because, because uh, the state of Virginia uh, canceled all fall sports that fall. So can you just, I guess, can we go back to that time and can you, can you reflect on exactly what that was like and, and how much that might have, I mean, clearly it set him back if it would set anybody back if you can't, if you can't play or practice, you know, during an, your senior season. Absolutely. Well, the state of Virginia um, was one of the last states to bring sports back. And um, during COVID, we actually 
had one of the few weight systems in Fairfax. Um, I had happened to just buy a weight system before COVID hit. And so we actually had kids that were on a waiting list to rotate in to quarantine with us so that they could play, they could um, stay in shape and practice with Tristan and play with Tristan. And Tristan got kicked off of our fields, like on a daily basis by the police, because he was, <laughs> he just kept showing up and he's like, I'm going to keep practicing to get ready. And, and, um, there was a huge movement in Virginia to bring back sports. And we initially were not part of that movement. Um, Billy Wiles, who was a quarterback mm-hmm. for Clemson and Tristan's, um, roommate his freshman year they were they were um technically roommates even though that Tristan wasn't there a lot um his mom was a huge part of that movement and I'll never forget the first night of um what was supposed to be our first game of the season which was canceled because of COVID and it was uh and I'm sorry I get choked up talking about it but eight o'clock at night you know it's supposed to be kickoff and my son was on the field by himself mm. and he was practicing and he was just like, even though I didn't get my season, I'm going to make the most of, of my senior year and I'm going to make the most of all of this. And I'll never forget, like he came home that night and I said, where, where were you? And he said, I was on the field by myself because the lights were on because I guess they were timed for the game mm. that never happened. And he said, I just, went on the field by myself and was practicing. And I looked at him and I said, okay, well, let's get involved. Let's see what we can do. And so Tristan ended up becoming kind of the student ambassador or one of our student ambassadors for bringing sports back to Virginia. He took on a leadership role and that's how we got to know Billy Wiles and um, his family who are amazing, who his mom spent countless hours and putting together uh, rallies and and doing all sorts of things to bring it back. And so we ended up joining, um, we had a rally that Tristan actually spoke at and um, we worked with a bunch of families in the state of Virginia and everyone kind of had their own task. And our task was to connect all of the parts of Virginia together because Tristan had gotten to know the recruits that were all over Virginia. And so we would have nightly zoom meetings and we would strategize and at one point um we put together a video to go to the state to tell them why it was so important um for us to bring back sports and tristan reached out to like the top probably 30 players in the entire nation and had them make videos with their teams playing and all of their teams coming together and and saying on the video we're playing, we're safe, we can do this. And then he reached out to all of the recruits in Virginia and they were making videos about not just football recruits, but every type of recruit. So people were making videos about how, you know, this was their chance to go to college. If they didn't get to play sports, they weren't going to get to get the scholarship to allow them to go to college. And so I was so proud of him because he really merged as a leader and he was one of the leaders for this. And then we found out Um, in December that they had decided to have um, a very small season for football, for basketball and a small season for football. And so Tristan played basketball his whole life. He loved basketball, but he decided not to play in that miniature season because he didn't want to risk getting COVID and messing up football. And so 
um, he got to play, I think it was six games. And I can remember saying to him, are you sure you don't want to just go ahead and go to Clemson and start school and get yourself like ahead and in shape? And he said, mom, all of this that we did was because we needed that season, even if it's only six games. And he said, and there is nothing in the world that would stop me from getting an opportunity to play with Aiden, his brother. And so we got to have a really small season, but he did get to participate and he got to play with his brother Aiden, which made them both very, very happy. And he knew when he got here that that was going to have an impact because, you know, a lot of the kids in his class did start in January and they, they were able to get in better shape and better football knowledge for the college level, but he didn't care. He, he just, from, from the beginning, he had his priorities very straight and being able to play with his brother and being able to be a leader and bringing back sports to him was such a high priority um, for his senior year. So had, had the 20, the fall of 20 football season happened as normal, he would have been gone to an early enrollee at Clemson? Uh, I think there was a very good chance. Um, we never, because COVID did happen, we never actually really got to talk a lot about that that opportunity. But I think there was a very good chance that he would have gone early if if that hadn't happened. But I don't know. <laughs> in, the, uh, in John's article, he uh, describes a picture that you have of of Tristan and Aiden, I guess during that shortened season after a big win or something. And I think mm-hmm. Tristan was crying. Uh, can you, is that, is that right? So I have a frame picture and it's, it's Tristan crying in Aiden's arms when they beat our rivals for the first time in seven years. And it was during that season. Wow. And that moment was insanely incredible because um, you know, that year we, we barely had any fans because, you know, everyone could bring, I think, two people and that was it. Mm. And um, we were being really loud in the stands and really cheering him on. And Tristan played defense and offense. He played every snap of that game. He was bleeding. I mean, he just he wanted it so badly along with, you know, the other players on the team. And he was so happy. And the funny thing is, I have a picture almost exactly like that that I took after the Florida state game and the Florida state game we lost, but it was Tristan this year and Tristan was crying and Aiden's arm after that game. And it was, it was almost the exact same picture, but it, both of those pictures meant a lot to me because at the end of the day, whether it was the biggest victory or the hardest loss, him being able to be consoled by his brother meant the world to him. Yeah, and he was. I think I, I think I remember after the Florida State game, I don't know if one of the Seminoles confronted him or something, but I think I remember he was going ballistic uh, on the field. Yeah, someone, after... someone was punching some of the players and oh, uh, got got another player in the back of the head. So Tristan was kind of trying to help help with that, but he was definitely uh, uh, amped up. But yeah, it it uh, that was a tough loss. So the summer of twenty one. Um, as it's described in this uh, in this article, Robbie Caldwell, who was the offensive line coach at the time, um, he put Tristan against Miles Murphy, and uh, I guess in a drill he wanted to te- see what Tristan was all about. And then Murphy comes at him with a 
long arm move, as it was described here, ramming his, I guess he, he describes it, like a medieval, a medieval knight in a joust, ramming his <laughs> his, lance, his lance through an opponent's torso. Lee fell. His face mask dug into the grass. He tasted a few blades. It was bad, Lee said. I was beating myself up. I mean, I guess you probably remember that too if you're this close with your son. Can you just take me back to, if not, oh, I guess also, if not that just that episode, but just that summer and sort of the reality dawning that oh boy and now i'm with the big boys now and this is this is going to be tough yeah that was that was that was a tough night it, it was interesting because uh that was during camp so he was staying in the dorm so he would call me a night after practice and he called me and he said mom i tasted turf today <laughs> <laughs> and he walked me through it and he said mom the Dallas Cowboys were there. Like, like, all these, <laughs> like all these coaches were there and I tasted turf. But <laughs> I think that was probably his first eye-opening experience. But I remember him saying, you know, this this was like the first time since uh, high school where he was just like, wow, this is, like you said, this is with the big guys. And he talked about how his head was down and he was walking um out of the, out of the football building to go back to the dorm and, um, a car stopped and it was coach Sweeney. And he said to Tristan, he goes, you're exactly where you need to be right now. So do not get discouraged. This is where you need to be. And you, you don't need to worry about tomorrow. You just need to keep going because one of these days you're going to get it. And he said to me, he said, to have that head coach give him that pep talk at like his lowest moment meant the world to him because he said in that moment he realized, okay, I'm okay. Like I, I can still get there. I just have to keep going the course. Well, here's the thing about that moment, or I guess that period of time, uh, Dabo I guess this past August or September, maybe he, he looked back to that time and he's like, I was wondering if I screwed up and, and what I was seeing on tape. And like, I thought somebody kidnapped, kidnapped that guy. I went back and watched the tape myself and I'm like, what did I miss? What in the world? How could I be so wrong? It feels like, you know, most coaches perhaps would not give the pep talk would not say to keep your head up, would not say, hey, you're in the right place. They would just say, what in the hell happened to the old Trist- the Tristan Lee that I saw on right. tape? And they'd leave it at that. And so is, is, that, the, is that sort of the, the story or the picture that I'm getting from you and, and Tristan is, is that that's really what sort of made you realize you made the right choice because if you, had you gone somewhere else, it might not have been um, the love mixed in with the, the coaching, it would have just been, um, what happened. Absolutely. And, you know, part of the culture that's different here in the South is how religious based that a lot of the experience is for everyone. Um, you know, our faith down here has, has been so enriched. And I think for Tristan, I mean, my proudest moments are looking on the field when they're warming up and I look over and my child's on one knee praying. And 
looking, looking at him, you know, he's getting that from the top. He's getting that from an example that coach Sweeney gives to, to the players because he stands behind everything that he believes. And that's part of it. You know, coach Sweeney, you know, even when Tristan's had a bad day and maybe, maybe he leaves and he's like, wow, today wasn't the best day. He has said to me time and time again, coach Sweeney's never lied to me. He tells me the truth when it's good. And he tells me the truth when it's not as good, but that's what I need. And when he tells me the truth and it's not as good, it's because I need that little kick in the butt or I need that little inspiration to keep going. And so I think that's what sets Clemson aside is, um, is the fact that, you know, they are going to tell you the truth, but they're also going to do it in a loving way. And they encourage their players to keep going They're They're going to encourage them to get better day after day, which has just been amazing for Tristan. So he red shirted. Um, was that hard for him? Because most, most, most college players of his caliber don't come in thinking that that's even on the radar. He was great. I, I wasn't as good as he was. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. You're not playing? And he's like, mom, trust the process. We're good. <laughs> um, he actually really enjoyed the red shirting process because they have an extra like power hour that they get to lift. And he knew he needed that. And so he enjoyed that part of it. And then he really trusted the process. And I can remember him saying to me his first year, like my role may be different from season to season, but my role right now is to be on scout team and be the best scout player that I can possibly be. So I can remember him studying film um, the week before we were playing somebody just so that he could make sure that he was giving um, the D line, like the best tips possible, you know, like, when we were, I can remember what he was saying, you know, when we play Georgia, the, uh, the person you're going against, like he does this to the left or to the right, or he does this with his arms. And, and so he, he made it his mission to do the best job he possibly could and that be his role until he was ready for a different role. And Dabo backed up what you said about him being cool with it. Um, he said, uh, he saw it. Everything we said, Tristan said, yep, you're exactly right. And you don't see that a lot when you're dealing with a five-star recruit who has been told how great he is his whole life. So that's pretty cool. He definitely um, is self-aware. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, he does keep getting better is that he he's constantly, you know, after every game, if he doesn't say anything, I can see it, you know, I can see his mind working. Like he's, he's not focusing on what he did well. He's focusing on what he can improve. And that's just how he's always been. Upstate foodies. Want to take a moment to talk to you about our favorite taco spot, Willie Taco. Five locations across the upstate. This award-winning team has been serving up fresh taco fusion for a solid decade now. The chefs at Willie Taco utilize the freshest, most creative, and sometimes unexpected ingredients in their kitchens. Come see why Southern Living, Garden and Gun, and Food and Wine Magazine are raving about Willie Taco and their signature offerings, such as their Southern Tide, Crispy Avocado, Nashville Hot Chicken Tacos, literally flavors you will not find anywhere else, folks. 
And don't forget about the cocktails. Super fresh margaritas, ice cold cerveza, and over 80 tequilas served up daily from behind the bar. So don't wait, folks. Your Willy Taco Familia is ready to serve you up their twist on funky fresh fusion. It's the Willy Way. Want to share a quick word about Founders Federal Credit Union? If you've been to a sporting event in Clemson, you've probably heard about Founders already. They are the official credit union partner of the Clemson Tigers. In addition to that, all Clemson faculty, staff, and students are eligible for membership as well as IPTA members. Its office is located beside the Walmart Neighborhood Market on Old Greenville Highway in Clemson. For more information, go to foundersfcu.com. Another loyal supporter of the Dubcast is Blackacre Law Firm in Greenville, a subsidiary of Parm, Smith, and Archenthold. Blackacre helps South Carolina residents achieve their dreams of home ownership by providing experienced, professional representation for real estate closings. Attention to detail is crucial in real estate law. Blackacre is committed to making sure nothing gets by them preparing residential or commercial closings. Blackacre also offers estate planning services for their clients in the Greenville area. Find out more about Blackacre at 864-326-3507. I want to go to the article that John wrote and something that really um, resonates um, is the uh, anecdotes from one of his former teachers in high school, Amy Durand, who it was her job to protect Zoe, I think I'm pronouncing Mm -hmm. that that correctly, Mm -hmm. a special needs student who was mixed in with general education peers uh, in a team-taught classroom. And I guess I'll just read this passage, just straight word for word, uh, if that's okay. Mm -hmm. No doubt in Duran's mind, she needed to seat Tristan, the star football player, in the back of the class. One, it allowed room for his six-foot-six, nearly 300-pound frame to spread out. But two, it allowed space for Zoe, who was on the autism spectrum and prone to involuntary outbursts. Durand had a stereotype of star athletes in her mind, arrogant and egocentric. It took one awkward moment from Zoe, shouting out and rocking back and forth, for Durand's logic to fall apart. Giggles were festering in the classroom. Students turned around, eyeing the five-star recruit, waiting for his cue. Tristan stared back like a stern parent, relaying with his eyes, don't you dare. And then the quote from Tristan is, if you have the power to change the culture in school or in a group, you got to use that. That's where I saw that opportunity. I saw them picking on her, picking on her. And I'm like, I can shut this down right now. It's what we should all do. Laura, I would guess that if Tristan goes on to win a national championship and a Super Bowl, whatever, the height of football, that whatever that is would not make you as proud as as, as you are um, from that anecdote. Absolutely. I, I'm so proud of him. He He's always been like that. He's always been kind of the big kid in the group. And um, he's always been very social. So he's always had people around him and he's, he's never once not done the right thing when it came to, to ethical issues, you know, or, or anything. He's always stood up for that other person. Um, he's just, I don't even know how to say, he's just a good kid. Um, and I'm so proud of him because he does recognize that he has the potential in his life 
to make a difference. And um, I know that there was a guy who came to talk to the team his freshman year. Um, and I can't think of his name, but he wrote a book called Be- Being the Bean, I think is what it's mm-hmm. called. And um, Tristan, when he came home that day, he was talking about how um, that's what he wanted to make sure that he did in his life is t- to be a positive influence around those that are around him and making a difference in a positive way. And I don't know. I, I don't, I don't see a lot of 18 year olds. I'm now he's 20, but I, I haven't experienced a lot of kids his age that kind of think that way, but that's the way he's always thought, you know, he's always had, you know, when he was in high school, he made sure that if there was a kid in the corner that was quiet, you know, that's the person that he went to friend. And he's, he's had, because of that, you know, he's had challenges that some of the kids haven't had in high school, but he just, that's just kind of the child that he is or, or the young man that he is. And as he gets older, he just becomes more and more passionate. Um, I, I, it's, it's hard to describe, but I'm just so proud of him. He unfortunately had um, two friends in high school that uh, were victims of suicide. Mm. And watching the relationships that he has with their parents makes me more proud than anything he could ever do on a football field because he just seems to get it. He seems to know um, what's important in life and where any energy you have should go. Um, and I, I'm so proud of him for it. So he still keeps in touch with the parents, that's what you're saying? He does. And and one uh, one of them, and I know she doesn't mind me saying this because she and I have talked a lot about this, but uh, a mo- there, there was the mom of this girl that he grew up with that did unfortunately take her life when she was in high school. Um, during COVID, uh, it was right at the beginning of COVID and he actually formed a friendship with that mom and he talks to that mom on a monthly basis. Like mm. they, um, they're friends, you know, there are certain times of year of the year where he actually goes, um, home just so he can see this mom or to, um, go vi- visit her grave. Like he, he's very, um, involved with their family. And I mean, it's really changed the person he is based on what their experience was. And they are just wonderful people that have been through like the worst tragedy tragedy that I could possibly ever imagine. And yet they have this special relationship with him and I'm so proud of them and I'm proud of him that they're able to do that. He's a sociology major. Does he have any idea of what he would like to turn this side of him into post-football long-term? I don't think he knows. Um, He has a minor in criminology or an emphasis on criminology. um, And his dad's a federal probation officer. So um, and was also a sociology major. So I'm sure that's probably in the back of his mind. But when I've asked him, he says he has no idea. He just knows that this is definitely something he's interested in and he's enjoyed studying. What has this season been like? He's risen to starter status uh, after playing sparingly last season and the season before. And in addition to that, he he goes over to right guard uh, at a just, you know, spur of the moment, but he's never played inside before and actually played quite well 
at, at, that was one of the bright spots, I think, in the NC State game. Um, and then has the bounce back out to left tackle. This, <laughs> this has been pretty wild, but impressive, I think, overall. When I ask him about this season, he talks about how much he's grown as a player and as a person from this season. And, um, I mean, every opportunity that he has had, he's taken advantage of by, you know, doing the best he can at whatever it is. And so, um, yeah, this season has been, um, unique, but at the same time, I think he's done it. I I feel like he's done a good job, but I'm biased. So I'm his mom. Um, but, um, he never, he never gets discouraged. He's always just positive and he's always sees everything as a challenge. What was it that lit a fire under the offensive line before the Notre Dame game? Because I was not surprised that Clemson won the game necessarily because college football is a crazy game, but I was surprised that, uh, with Colin Sadler out, um, and, without obviously Walker Parks having already been out that you throw in uh, Harris Sewell and, and, and Trent Howard and, and the offensive line just gets pushed that we had not seen all year. What's your explanation for that? We wanted it. Last year was rough. <laughs> <laughs> that loss was really rough. Uh, that was a long trip home just because we were so sad, but they really, really wanted it. I feel like we had something to prove and they went on that field as one unit, as one team, and they proved it. They Nothing was going to stop them from, from winning that game. I truly believe that. Did you have that sense from him going into it? Absolutely. They, they wanted it so bad. I could just see, like, the week leading up to it. Um, they were just – the offensive line, they're extremely close with one another, and I just think that they've – you know, it's it's kind of taken a while for for everything to click perfect, but I just think that they have are doing such a great job of communicating and being like one team together. And everyone's playing different roles, everyone's doing different things, and yet it seems to be working. And I, I'm proud of all of them. So you, it says you've officially risen to the rank of team mom. <laughs> yes. What is that? So. Um, Clemson is unique in that we do have a team mom role. Um, KJ Henry's mom was the last one. Um, and uh, this year I took over being the team mom and I'll continue um, to do that. And it's really been nice because it just gives everyone kind of a go-to person on the team. And then for me, it's been nice as well because Tristan has played different roles on the team. So I know what it's like to have a child who's redshirted. I know what it's like to have a child that's um, been able to start in a game. And so kind of having that different perspective as a parent. Um, and then our parents are really close to one another. We have a great big tailgate that we all do together before the game. And then after Tiger Walk, we all meet for a prayer before going in to um, the stadium. And the prayer is optional, um, but we'll do like announcements. And then we kind of do a one, two, three, go Tigers. And everyone gets hyped up right before we go in the in the game. But it's been really nice. And I've really enjoyed it too, because I've gotten to know the new parents as they've come in. Um, and I've learned a lot because sometimes they have questions that I can't answer, but I can find the answer. And then I'm able to learn more by doing that as well. 
Do you go to the road games as well? I go to all the games. Um, I, uh, as long as he's, uh, he's dressing, I'm there no matter what. Being in the section, uh, of the families of players, it's a different world because you, all of you are invested in your sons out on the field. You're with them regardless, uh, obviously, but when things aren't going well, you aren't, you're not in a, uh, it's not glassed in. <laughs> you, you hear what mm-hmm. the folks elsewhere are saying and it can be nasty. Um, how do you, can you give me an idea of what that existence is like? Um, particularly this season, because they've lost four games and people are not used to that and it can be tough I mean, it's tough for everybody, but I, I would imagine especially tough live in the moment when things aren't going well and people are showing like raw emotion in the immediate aftermath of things they don't like. It's been interesting. So up until this year, um, I I have multiple sclerosis. So up until this year, I've been in the handicap mm-hmm. section. So this has been my first year of getting the opportunity, um, which I'm so proud of being able to do, to be able to sit with the parents. And some of these games are intense. Um, uh, this year, probably the hardest or one of the hardest was after NC State. And I mean, their fans, you know, were giving us big L's as they walked by us. And, you know, you can usually pick out the parents um, out of out of this out of the stadium when we're leaving and so a lot of times we're a target for um, the opposing teams because of that um i i think because the parents do sit together it makes it easier because we handle it as a as a unit as a team and it's interesting because a lot of times um we're just exchanging glances like darn or oh yeah this is good like this they're clicking they're not clicking you know just depending on the game and the moment um a lot of us are communicating within ourselves but i definitely think it helps to have us there together because we understand each other we all have the same um feeling going into the game we want it so badly for not only for ourselves and as fans but for our children to succeed so initially, as a kid, Tristan was a soccer player because you would not let him play football. Let's go back to that. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to play football so badly. And um, he uh, I was worried about concussions and I was worried about the safety part. And so we ended up doing soccer and um, my kids, all three of them ended up playing a really high level of soccer. Tristan, when he was... Um, seven years old, he was practicing with the 18 year old goalies, um, on the travel soccer team that they were on. He always had a really natural talent for not being scared of the ball or being scared of contact. So that was good. But, um, I'll never forget his last soccer game ever. He was in goal and someone came after him and he just completely wiped the kid out, (laughs) got thrown out of the game. And I went on the sideline and I was like, Tristan. And he goes, mom, please let me play football. please." (laughs) And I said, I think you're ready because you just wiped out someone. So (laughs) completely got kicked out of the game. I'm like, I think it's time we switched to football, but, but it was, um, his soccer skills definitely, um, 
were good for the football field. I, I actually think it's helped with his footwork and his, his arm, his uh, arm work with um, being a goalie, because, you know, being a goalie, you have to be very quick, but you're also using your hands. Um, so I think that really helped him. Um, I'm not sure how much he's looked back and missed soccer because he just wanted to play football so badly. But it, it, there was an adjustment because um, by the time he started playing football in seventh grade, a lot of the kids have been playing football their whole life. And so when he kind of hit the field, it took a while for it to click um, for him. And, um, you know, that was that was a tough that was a tough year. We had a couple of tough seasons. And then when it did click, it was, it was um, absolutely amazing to watch. Now his father, uh, Stanley played at UVA. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. He sure did. Now, did he have any input into, I mean, into not, not allowing Tristan to play football during those? Yeah, I, I think, um, I think Tristan's dad, Stanley, I think he, knew that it would come for Tristan. So he didn't feel like, um, he didn't feel like there was this huge rush to get to the football field because, um, he started a little bit later. Um, and I think he felt like he was better because he started a little bit later. And so there was never a lot of pressure. And when our kids were younger, we, um, we were their coaches, um, for soccer for years and years. And so it was something we did as a family and we really enjoyed. And I think that's one of the reasons, um, you know, Tristan didn't push it at an earlier age. Cause he did like the fact that, you know, his parents were helping with, with the coaching and, and being part of the process. And I was always the team mom and, um, but yeah, his dad was always, he always had faith that when he did eventually start playing football, that, um, he would probably at least at some level do well with it just because uh, he had grown up around his dad and his dad actually referees as well. So, um, and they played flag football. And so all three of my kids played flag football. I'll never forget. My daughter played and I asked, uh, and their dad was the coach. And, and I asked them, some of the players one time, you know, what's, what's it like having the one girl on the, in the league on your team. And they were like, Oh, we have a girl on the team because she was absolutely like just really naturally talented at it. And so I feel like all, all three of them kind of got that from their dad, their ability to play. And so, um, yeah, he was supportive of it. He was okay with them waiting. And I think he always felt like they would have, they would eventually, um, if they desired to do so might have that potential talent there. The fear of, the, the sort of specter of concussions is still obviously always there. Most recently, of course, with, with Shipley's just two horrific hits mm-hmm. that he absorbed against NC State and then again uh, against Georgia Tech, neither of which I can't figure out or even looked at for for targeting. That's just scary stuff. I mean, uh, Will, Will uh, Shipley had a, he, he had a press conference a couple of days ago and you can just tell even with him, you know, this warrior, you know, somebody who just gives mm-hmm. everything he has out there, that it really made him sit back and 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 consider some things that he might had not considered before, just like, man, this is uh this is dangerous. What I guess it's, it's so it's I guess it's always hard even even when you do allow your son to go out there and even when he's doing well, it's just that's still sort of lurking, I guess, always. Mhm. It definitely is. I mean, when Will 
got hurt at NC State, I mean, you know, we're in the parent section. Everyone was just speechless. Everyone was upset and, um, you know, worried and, and watching what he went through. I mean, that's every parent's fear um, to go through what they, they experienced during that game. And um, it's scary, you know, and it's scary when you see as the season progresses, different injuries that different players get and knowing that your child's out there and, you know, they can get hurt and it's college football is not, um, is not for the week. So you, you see a lot of injuries. So it, as a parent, it's very difficult, but at the same time, like, these kids want it so badly. They love the sport. I mean, you'd have to love the sport to do what they do in order to be on that field. And so um, I think part of that's our faith, you know, just putting in our faith that everything happens for a reason and everything works out in the end. And then just um, knowing that this is what they want to do and this is what they want to be. And they know the risks, but it's still, it's still hard to watch sometimes. So Tristan, doesn't have an NIL deal now, but during his freshman year, he had a Denny's, a Denny's NIL deal. It was a very small one. It was the <laughs> NIL had just been passed. And so Denny's was kind of trying it out. And so they picked one player for each age group in the country to be their um, pancaker team and um, <laughs> for the O-line. And so Tristan was the freshman. And so he got to shoot a couple of, uh, commercials his girlfriend and myself I think shot the the commercials and they went out and it, you know it wasn't paying a lot but it was it was just like kind of a little introduction and that's that's all he had he's had um uh in his career for NIL but it was still fun because he got to learn how contracts work and how you can negotiate and you know they had like no um um you know they had a list of places that you couldn't uh, you know, you couldn't have an NIL deal with at the same time. And so he just got to get a little experience of what it was like kind of on the business side, but, but yeah, that's the only thing he's had. And, and, um, he's, he's been okay with that. He actually he's there to play football. <laughs> he actually negotiated the deal with Denny's. Uh, well, he and I both did together, um, with, uh, you know, Clemson has people that you can kind of reach out to and they made sure it was legitimate, um, deal and um but yeah like we came back and um negotiated like what restaurants could be removed from the exclusion just in case you know um you know you just never know i mean we we could win a national championship and get a sponsorship as, as a team and he didn't want to be excluded from that possibility so so it was a good experience for him but um he's less interested, I think, in the business part of, of football and he's more interested in just getting his chance to play. Well, Laura, you have been very generous with your time. Is there anything I haven't asked that 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 uh that you want to touch on at all? No, I, we're just very appreciative. We love Clemson football and um we've been very fortunate. We have great fans. We're surrounded by great people and every opportunity that Tristan has, um we've all really appreciated. So um, thank you so much for looking out for my guy and, and um, uh, being part of his process. I'll say this. I've done, I've been doing this a long time. This is my 20th season covering Clemson. And I, until Tristan came along, I had never uh, been greeted with, after I asked a question at a press conference, 
uh, a football player saying, thank you for your question. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was the first and so it's like immediately it's like whoa this kid's this kid might be different so uh, it's been awesome learning about how he is different both in john's story in the posting courier and also through this conversation with you so i can't thank you enough thank you so much okay really enjoyed that appreciate laura sharing her time with us also appreciate the support of our sponsors for helping make this happen And most of all, thanks to every single one of you for hitting that play button. Really appreciate it. Cheers.